0: It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of ripoffs, coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark-rageous moment, how so many hospitals just shred your wallet. And coming up later, with an aging population and families scattered around the country, The elderly are most subject to getting ripped off by con artists and scams, but there are new tools for you as an adult child to help them out. I'm going to fill you in on that. So could have knocked me over with a feather when I read a story on MarketWatch about lenders that are lending rent money to people renting apartments. So this is a crazy thing, but for people who rent at the um, upper end, you know, more than average apartment rent kind of place, there have been too many apartments built. The rent levels though, even with so many apartments having been built, um, are still really high because the cost of new construction and all that, and they've got investors and blah 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 and all across America in most every midsize and major market in the United States there's been a proliferation some consider it a plague of the construction of what are known as five over ones which is a ultra popular with developers anyway method of building apartments where there's a concrete, First floor, foundation built, and then five more stories of wood construction, and the parking deck is behind the buildings, and um, once you start counting, oh, oh, that must be one of those five over ones Clark was talking about. Once you start looking, you'll see that that these newer apartments that have been built, I mean this is really everywhere in America almost, you'll see, oh, that's another one of those, that's another one, that's another one, that's another one. That's another one. So, there's been this huge amount of construction for the affluent end of the apartment market, but not enough affluent people to rent them. So, that has led to a proliferation of lenders that work with apartment management and say, Oh, it's okay you don't have the deposit. It's okay you can't pay the rent next month. Don't worry about it. Sign here. And these lenders, basically pay your rent or deposit for you, many times will give you months of no, no, no plan, no payment, no interest, and you get that period of time that you don't have to pay, and then bam, you have your regular rent that's due, plus you have to start paying off the loan that got you into the apartment in the first place. This is not a free lunch. And please be very careful before you think, oh, what a great country. I can move into this place with no money down. Uh Uh-uh. Because remember, they're not waiving that expense for you. You're financing it. And that is a time bomb for your wallet. Shatil is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Did I get your name right? You did. How are you today?
1: I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Good,
0: good, because you've had a really tough break recently.
1: Yes, I have.
0: I'm really sorry you lost a loved one.
1: Yes, I did. Thank you so much.
0: Well, let's see if I can be of service to you, and um, I hope that you're getting some counseling or good help with the grief that you have.
1: Yes, my job's been amazing, so I'm thankful.
0: Wonderful. Well, how can I be of service in this tough time for you?
1: Well, I will say um, I've heard great things about you, and I'm just looking for help wherever I can get it. So I, I guess it's a loaded question, but I guess one of my first questions would be, as a beneficiary, what, what would you recommend I do? I have some student loan debt is that, should that be a consideration for me or should I be more concerned with investing?
0: So you are, as a result of the loss of a loved one, you're going to inherit some money. Yes. All right. So tell me, how much is the student loan debt that you have?
1: About $18,000.
0: And it carries an interest rate. Do you have a feel for what you're paying an interest rate?
1: Yeah, so the highest interest rate I have is about 6.5%, and then the ones are broken up, 6.5.
0: Okay, uh, 6.5, uh, you definitely want to wipe out. Okay. Because your ability to out-earn 6.5% was basically tax-free is very hard,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so you'd want to uh, blow out that loan that's at 6.5%. What okay. are some of your other rates on those?
1: I know the lowest is about 3.4%. So it's it's that range, 3.4 to 6.5.
0: So the 3.4, um, as long as you're able to adequately service it, that mm-hmm. would not be a high priority to pay that off. It would be a higher priority to take money you would use for that and consider investing it. Are you working full-time or part-time? Yes, I have a full-time job. So in that case, you would benefit from doing um, either more money and an employer-provided plan like a 401k mm-hmm. or opening your own Roth IRA. Okay. So there – and and that's just – I'm looking at the most narrow thing because you want to think about what are priorities. So you have the student loan debt of 18000 That's a burden in your life. Mm-hmm. This uh, interest rates above 5% you absolutely want to pay off. Mm-hmm. Between 4 and 5%, you could pay them off, but once you tip below 4%, you definitely want to, instead of paying off the loans, invest the money. Okay. Um, what other... Uh, is there enough money to deal with other priorities you have in your life?
1: Um, yes, yeah, there, there is. But student loans was the biggest debt. I mean, my car... And I own a home, but I'm not really too pressed about those. I guess then it was just like, what What can I do to get the best return on my money?
0: Yeah, over time, lifting the burden of student loans off your back and saving additional money for your long term would be great. Do you have any kind of emergency savings account? Yes, I do. Okay. So you, you go into this having, because uh, you... You have a home, you're paying off a loan on a car, your finances sound like they were already pretty decent.
1: I try. I try.
0: Okay. So in addition to the 401k, what percent are you contributing right now to it?
1: 5%. My company doesn't match, though.
0: Okay. So I would say put money in a Roth IRA. that you control, and at Clark.com, I have a guide to the lowest cost companies to have a Roth with Mm -hmm. and what you should put that money in. Okay. And you can can do that in like 10 minutes. Oh, perfect. So it'll be really easy. And, you know, you leave such a good um, legacy for the person you've lost with being, I hear in your voice how responsible you want to be with every penny of this money. But I'd like you to do something for yourself, too. I'd like you to take a little bit of that money and just do something frivolous and fun. Not a lot, but just a little bit. Do something that would be fun, that would be the kind of memory that the person you lost would, would smile at you and say, hey, I'm glad you went and did that. Do something that brings you some joy. Eva's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eva. Hi, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Hi, thank you very much. I have a question about the Internet uh, code. You mentioned one uh, about home use and the other one for traveling. Now, think about it, about the Wi-Fi access, especially like traveling. And if it's public Wi-Fi, how do we know they are safe? In other words, is it possible that they might days will be ears dropped easily compared to cell phones?
0: That is a wonderful question. So, um, I've talked a lot about Uma and um, with Uma everything they do is encrypted. Mm. But Uma you don't use to travel. Right. It, Magic right. Jack is the one I've talked about for travel. Yes. yes. And I have no idea if Magic Jack is an encrypted phone service. It's something that that I've never thought about and it's never come up. So um, I,
2: so if we call Magic, Magic Jack, they should tell us if encrypted or not? That's how you verify it?
0: Trying to talk to somebody at Magic Jack. If you're able to reach a human at Magic Jack, you are mm-hmm. very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's okay. not the easiest thing at all. And so okay. producer Kim is handing me something. Uh, It says, Magic Jack does not appear to be encrypted. Um, Skype is encrypted. So that is the other alternative a lot of people use on the road is using Skype. Skype? And Skype has S-K-Y-P-E. Yes, yes. And they have something called Skype Out, which allows you to call to other people's landlines or mobile phones. And so that one is encrypted and is very cheap for you to use.
2: In other words, a magic jack is not safe if we use public Wi-Fi especially?
0: Well, uh, it would have to be somebody eavesdropping. You know, usually people don't eavesdrop on phone calls anymore. That used to be so prominent as something people did. Mm -hmm. Now they all want to eavesdrop on our data. You know, our emails, our texts, our... Uh, web surfing but if you want to know that you are in a safer environment Mm -hmm. and you're on the road i think that skype would be a superior choice
2: in other words the criminals are interested in documents so they are not the same way by going through the wi-fi then so
0: yeah your phone calls i mean i don't think people are as interested in our phone calls anymore they they used to be, but that's not where the the real money is made now. The real money is made by uh, getting into people's money. And you get into people's money so often through their email, through uh, the pretexting emails and texts, and then hacking into people's accounts. So the digital side of getting into your... Um, data is what everybody's really interested in, although occasionally maybe there is somebody who's eavesdropping on a non-encrypted phone call that's not with the NSA, but I'd say that's very rare is something that I would worry about. Today's clark Rages moment has become almost like part of a series. It's how much hospitals that may do a great job of saving our lives have become our absolute enemy to our wallet, to our finances. Today's Clark Regis moment is yet another true example of how severe the problem is.
2: Scams, ripoffs,
3: outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment.
0: So, hospitals have become. One of the key drivers of why our health insurance premiums, our co pays, and our deductibles are so extremely high. Hospitals have hidden behind nonprofit status, which most have, and have engaged in mega mergers so that they dominate the market you live in. And then with that dominance, they are able to buy up all kinds of ancillary services like freestanding, surgical centers, labs, medical practices, and corner as much of the market as they can, and then raise rates through the roof. So there's a new study by the RAND Corporation on hospital prices in half the nation states and finds massive overcharging going on of people with insurance around the country charging on average around the U.S. two and a half times what the federal government has as reasonable rates for things in those hospitals. In Colorado, if you have private health insurance, you're paying Eight times, eight times what the federal government considers to be a reasonable reimbursement. The disparities from place to place in the country are based on how powerful an individual hospital system has become and how much they're able to dictate what they'll pay versus what the insurance company would like to pay. And the upper hand in so many places around the United States is now in the hands of these nonprofit hospital systems, many that are paying their administrators millions of dollars a year in salary, millions at nonprofits. So the problems are all around the lack of price disclosure and hospitals should be forced to disclose what their price lists are that you pay based on the insurance you have hospitals hate this idea they don't want you to be able to comparison shop they don't want you to know ahead of time that if you go to this place it'll cost you 12000 but if you go to this other place it'll cost you 3200 or you go somewhere else, it'll be nine hundred for what the hospital would charge you twelve thousand for. But we've got to fix this, and it all starts with forcing these nonprofits to be forthcoming with what it actually costs for service. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways for you to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com—that's where you go to find deals, bargains all the time. So my late mom, if she was still alive, would have turned 95 last month. She lived to 92 years old. And my mom developed dementia, uh, not a form of Alzheimer's, but just some form of dementia uh, that was noticeable to us back in year 2000. So we had mom tested at a geriatric facility, a geriatric program at a hospital, to get a baseline on her memory, how her mental functions were, and all that. And so we had that baseline and knew what decline she already had in 2000, and then every so often we'd see the decline moving forward. And we as kids are scattered around, and as my late father used to say, One parent can take care of 10 kids, but 10 kids can't take care of one parent. And so uh, particularly with our own busy lives and living in different places, things happen even with us as kids having done something pretty, had a lot of foresight having the baseline done on our mom when we saw the first signs of deterioration, things still slip through the cracks. And to our horror it turned out that our mom was being scammed by con artists. In her case, she lost tons of money to fake charities. You know, once on these hot lists that move around, once the criminals have figured out somebody who will give money, they just contact them again and again and again and steal more and more. And eventually we had to take our mom's checkbook away from her. Uh, We had to ultimately take her credit card. She had two credit cards, take those away from her. Um, I mean, we had to do all kinds of things to restrict her financial independence, which she was not happy about at all. But the thing is, with a rapidly aging population and the geographic uh, diversity of families, one alternative that the modern era offers are apps where your parent has to agree to it, but where you as an adult child can track what's going on with your parent. And so these apps give you the ability to know when something's going wrong real time. And I really like that because... Believe it or not, in one year, according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, three and a half million senior citizens were ripped off with fraud, theft, that kind of thing, and the average loss people in their seventies, little less than fifty thousand dollars. So this is money that parents can't afford to lose, and you, as an adult child can play a role. Now I've looked thoroughly at one app that has a free trial and then you pay after that and there are others as well. This one's called Eversafe and Eversafe gives you the ability to monitor uh, bank account, investment account, credit cards, um, all that kind of stuff and so this is geared towards you before real losses have occurred, to see warning signs and to know when more intervention might be necessary, because it's just a fact that at some point we hit an age that our ability to make reasoned decisions starts to deteriorate. It deteriorates at all different rates for people, uh, but it does deteriorate, and so that's why. The real responsibility is borne by adult children to make sure that a parent or parents are not in harm's way financially. Micah's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Micah. Hey,
4: Clark, how are you?
0: Great, thank you, Micah. Uh, Congratulations on becoming a dad.
4: Yeah, we we have a three-year-old daughter, and we just had uh, our second daughter a couple months ago. And so um, I wanted to call because either this is going to be a great idea for me or something I'm screwing up. But uh, for the last <laughs> four years... That was a pretty stark <laughs> contrast. Couldn't it be somewhere in between? <laughs> we'll we'll have to find out. Okay. Uh, for the last four years, I've been maxing out our HSA. And then I've been paying for all of our medical expenses out of pocket. And so when my daughter was born, the anesthesiologist, all that kind of stuff, I paid for all those out of pocket and then have just saved the receipts in our safe. So I was thinking in like 10 years or something, I'll let that HSA money grow and then submit those receipts. Is that something that is a decent impossible? possible?
0: No, I, actually, I'm recommending a completely different path for you. Okay. If you're in a position that you're able to absorb these expenses, uh-huh. the advantage to you is to let that HSA just grow for the rest of your working years. Because HSA money has massive advantages under the tax code. You get a a tax deal up front for putting money in, the money grows tax-free all through the years, and then you spend it tax-free in retirement where it's not at all unusual for you to have hundreds of thousands of dollars of -of out-of-pocket medical expenses when you're older, even if you have medicare and you have a medicare supplement and all that you're still going to have a lot out of pocket okay so i like the idea if you're in a position to afford it that you pay the current medical out of your pocket and don't even think about touching it till um decades and decades from now how old are you micah
4: i am 34 right now
0: yes i'd want you to let that money sit i know this is crazy but let it grow tax-free for 30 years.
4: Okay. So is there zero reason for me to hang on to those receipts then? Because I thought in, even <laughs> in 30 years, I could say... Hey, that I'm was funny. This, this you you
0: are a man of absolutes. <laughs> yeah, That's true. <laughs> so, no, I would keep them because if your circumstances change, you might want to uh, suddenly make a claim, you know, if you don't have the luxury of letting money grow through the years. But I've never had your exact question before, and I don't know if there's a time limit on how soon you can make uh, a claim against an HSA or how late you can wait to make a claim. I've never seen that in any document, because normally what people do is when they incur an expense that they're intending for the HSA to pay for, they make a claim But um, actually, there is no time limit to reimburse yourself. So how about that? So it it would work for you if you needed money in 10 years to file those claims.
4: Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much for your help.
0: Sure. And uh, there are so many people, particularly if you're at the higher end of the income scale, you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, that the benefit of using an HSA as a long-term tax-free saving tool, as part of your mix of how you build financial security over the years, I can't think of anything that's superior to that, particularly for entrepreneurs and the self-employed. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, David. How's it going?
5: It's an an honor and privilege to be on your show. I'm a longtime fan.
0: Well, you're kind. Thank you.
5: So I had a question for you about YouTube TV. I was lucky enough to um, go to your website and, and manage to get grandfathered in when it was thirty five a month. And now recently I noticed they added a couple of stations like HGTV and Discovery, which I'm not that interested in. But they've That um,
0: was just window dressing to have an excuse for raising prices.
5: Yeah, so I wanted to see your opinion, because I know that you're a big cord-cutting fan, what you think of it versus regular cable, or I know content's also getting more expensive, but $50 a month seems a lot to pay for, you know, live TV and DVR, so I just wanted to see what your thoughts were.
0: So, if you can live with the program packages from Sling, Sling is uh, the alternative. The other one, I never know how to pronounce it, is Philo or Philo. Mm-hmm. PHILO, those are the two that have created a big price gap between them and everybody else.
5: Yeah, I saw the Sling, it was, I think had two different TV packages, but it was like 25 a month. That seems more in the range of what I would want to pay for, for streaming.
0: Yeah, so if Sling has enough stuff that you're happy with it, that's a great thing to go. And do you have a Roku device yet?
5: I don't have a Roku. I have a smart TV. Um, I know that the Sling app is is on it.
0: Right. But the thing is, I'd like you to just make your smart TV a dumb monitor. Okay. And buy a Roku because through the Roku gateway, there's tons of free programming available. Massive amounts of free programming. And so with it... If you reduce down to Slings $25 a month or Philo's $20 a month, I should learn if it's Philo or Philo, anyway, whatever. You reduce to one of those, if you put on top of that all the free programming you can get through Roku, the Roku channel, uh, there's Crackle, I'm trying to remember, there's a number of free program services available through the Roku device that I think you won't at all feel starved for video content, ever.
5: Yeah, I, I also saw that some of the big cable companies do, um, you know, cable and internet now, but they still want you to sign the contracts. I know you were big on not doing that because the 5G is coming. and
0: I think if you signed a one-year deal, you're okay because it's going to take um, at least, before there's any meaningful penetration, of a good 5G at home product. I think we got a year in front of us. Okay. But going back to cable, look at any of the offers you have, watch out for all the add-on junk fees for the video content itself. Uh, You know, monthly broadcast fee and uh, local franchise fees and local taxes and blah, 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 blah. The offer they make to you is not really what you pay.
5: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the advice. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Certainly. And you will miss those unlimited DVRs with YouTube.
5: Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I really love about that service. But I may have to give it up to save some money.
0: Yeah, I understand. You know, it was funny with the YouTube TV. It was the most compelling offer far and away for the streaming services. And I guess they were losing more money than they knew what to lose. They could handle losing, and so they did the massive price jump from 35, so many people were in at 35, bam, suddenly it was 50, and for people that are price sensitive, which I hope you are, that just changes the whole decision-making. Todd is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Todd. How's it going? Very well. How are you doing today, Clark? Great, thank you. So, Todd, you made a change for your kid's life. What happened?
3: That's correct. We have two whole life insurance policies that now have about uh, $2,200 each. So we've got $4,400 holding in a money market account. And I'm curious as to where I can put this money to grow for about 5, 10 years.
0: Ooh, that's a tough window. What's the goal of the money? How old are your kids? 16 and 18. And so you want to tie this money up so that when your kids are in their 20s, they can maybe use it for a down payment on a house or what kind of thing? Exactly. All right. Yeah,
3: that's exactly what I was thinking, yes.
0: All right. So I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about the STAR fund, but no. I I really like the Star Fund for a situation like this. It's a kind of unique Vanguard product that requires a minimum $1,000 to open, and it's a widely diversified, moderate-risk fund that would be a appropriate choice for a 5- to 10-year window. And so you would open these with you being... You said the kids are 16 and 18, right? Correct, yes. So the 18-year-old, I don't know the laws in your state, if if you can open that as a custodian, but I prefer for these to be custodian where you maintain control of the accounts. And a lot of times, if the kids don't know about it, they don't even know to ask about the money when they're in their 20s.
3: Yeah, that's also kind of the idea, uh, is that we'll surprise them. Uh, when it's when it's time. When, That's when perfect. When it's time to, 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 to buy a house and college is through uh, we've got we've got something saved for them.
0: Well the reason I like the star fund in this case is it is it's like one of those choices that works very well for a time period like you're looking for. It is classically diversified in that it's Um, what's known as a balanced portfolio and the risk level is I mean you have risk anytime you invest but it's split out across 10 different funds has no commission to be in, and has extremely low management fees that you pay each year and if you look on the risk scale it's considered to be a modest or moderate risk kind of choice. So in a really bad year with investments, they might lose a little money, but over a time period like five to ten years, it's a very appropriate choice.
3: I'll look into that. I'll, I'll, I'll probably get that going this uh, this evening. I appreciate uh, appreciate your help.
0: Sure. So go to Vanguard.com, and where it has the thing where you can tell it what you're looking for, just put in STAR, S-T-A-R, and it'll pop up. And then you'll have a thing to apply to open an account, and when it realizes you're trying to open for a minor child, it'll make you print out a form that you fill out, um, sign, and send in where just a regular account, you could just open it online, and bam, you're done. But it's ideal for the time horizon you're talking about. The only downside with anything like this is any money that is for benefit of either of your kids, if they hope to qualify for financial aid for college, it does harm them for that.
3: Okay. So okay. I have Let's an alternative
0: I wanted to throw out just to confuse you more. <laughs> do your 18-year-old and 16-year-old, do they work part-time?
3: Uh, they do, yes.
0: So the alternative would be to set up a Roth IRA for each of them and put it in a star fund, and then it won't hurt them at all for college money. And I got more about that on Clark.com on my investment guide. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.